Since 1991, when I began forest applications training, I've been totally committed to chainsaw and outdoor power equipment operators. The people that have their hands on the handles, the loggers, the arborists, landscapers, disaster relief, city, county, and state employees, as well as landowner and hobby firewood enthusiasts. Over the years, I've traveled to all 50 states and Canada. East Coast, West Coast, and I've, and I've been all over with it. So, you know, I've cut Douglas fir, I've cut redwoods, I've cut all kinds of different fibers, and they all do react a little bit differently. And train participants in all but three U.S. states. The topics from two-cycle repair to production systems, always with emphasis on safety of the person and crew running the equipment, doing the work. Over 70,000 participants in training presentations. I share the information on safety and productivity that others have shared with me, hoping that participants take the information, practice it, and use it in their work. If you consider your personal chainsaw, or you have saws for your work, if you pick it up to do a task, is it ready to do the job? Is it clean? Is it sharp? Is it ready to run? Is it running correctly? What do you check to make sure to determine its ability to complete the task? I had a group in a training program recently that said, we very seldom use our gas saws anymore. We have battery saws on our trucks. That conversation happened as the gas saws brought to the training day were all with dirty filters, dull saw chain, and most of them out of adjustment. They were still in their system for use, however. If a storm occurs and they have to use them, my thought is they're not ready to be used if a storm happened. I'm wondering if the battery saws are clean and sharpened, ready to go to work. Over the years, it's been called maintenance. And folks, it is still the same today. If someone is not checking over equipment, it's probably going to reach a state of unreliability. I call it RDT, reduced downtime. What steps are taken to make sure it's ready to do the job without downtime? And the sprocket drive systems. So that's the areas that we want to try to discuss as we take a look at what we call reduced downtime. 
What steps are taken to make sure it's ready to do the job without downtime? Safety features, air filters, visual check over for fuel and oil, fasteners, leaks. Is a starter ready to go? Chain, bar, and sprocket is ready. I see many times in the field that equipment hasn't been maintained to do the job. It's dull and dirty. It makes it impossible to complete the task or at least frustrating to the operator. How do we improve reliability of equipment, production, and safety with the tool? It takes a commitment to the equipment and operator and most important, I think, a comfort level. I honestly believe that the reason many operators do not do the cleanup and sharpening as they should is because they simply are not comfortable or confident in doing it. They haven't done it enough to get proficient and fast at it. It's frustrating to them. They rightfully use it as an excuse also. How do we improve the situation? A few weeks back, I had a gentleman in one of my training classes that was a retired Marine. He was working for a city that we were training with. He was telling me, because we were discussing the reduced downtime system and the steps it takes to be able to uh, kind of keep everything ready to go, and he said training is so important in that. And he told me that in the Marines, his drill sergeant or instructor basically had a system that they used and he expected. He said they started off taking their M14 rifles and breaking them apart, laying the parts out on a table or on a tarp on the ground, and more or less they would go down through and remove the parts and then they would practice putting them back in in that order. Each time they took it apart, laid it in the same order, and then reassembled from that order. Everyone in that class, everyone in that particular uh, drill sergeant's training. And what that did is when he got down to the last, when they were starting to really test each other, then he had them put blindfolds on. In other words, one of the, the soldiers blindfolded, they took the rifle apart, the other person put a blindfold on and put the rifle back together. And I said, you know, that's, that's an amazing training program. He had them repeat so many times that they became comfortable with that particular assembly and disassembly process. They could do it blindfolded. They could do it in the dark. They could do it in any situation that they needed to do. And, you know, I got to thinking that's really what needs to take place with any training that we participate in. We first go through the training, and then we practice. We become so proficient that we could do it blindfolded. So we need to become familiar with the tools, maintenance, and operation. What would happen if your fire department didn't keep up with their equipment, or a law officer or military soldier didn't practice with their tools? If you're going to use a chainsaw or other equipment yourself, practice these elements. 
Practice them regularly. Spend the time. If you're a manager or supervisor and you want your people to be an operator of a piece of equipment, you must allow time for training and then also time to practice to become proficient with the knowledge training provided. Practice should be ongoing after the basic training is complete. The practice goes on until they could put on a blindfold, know the steps so well and complete the task. Or better yet, we all take off the blindfold and realize for an operator to be productive and safe, they have to be committed to being proficient. They must be committed to the practice time. If you look at training systems like a funnel, first it's broad-based to excite interest in the topic. 
Training allows participants to see there are things to learn. Then they need to funnel down to focus on practicing the topics over a schedule of time. We learn what we see and hear, then proficiency comes over time as our hands do it, practicing what we learned. I heard a quote that what the hand does, the brain remembers. Most people think the training is what certifies the participant. It's not the information in the training course that certifies though. It's the practice and use of the training concepts that makes someone certifiable. A certificate only shows attendance and then after time and use, the training course value is accomplished or achieved. People go to training, some graduate with a four-year degree and never use the information learned in day-to-day -day operations. Training is useless without practice and application. My thoughts in closing, take off the blindfold, repeat what was learned until you can put the blindfold back on. Hey, this is Tim Ard, Forest Applications Training. We hope to see you along the Forest Apps Road one day. And until then, we wish you good sawing.